up, everybody? This is Six and Friends Podcast with your host, CJ the Six. I got my man Faithful on the mic. What up, Faithful? Yes, sir. That's his real first name. Yeah. <laughs> That's my real name. <laughs> Appreciate it for throwing that in there, man. Get that shit asked a lot, man. <laughs> so, you have a, a startup. Yes. Right. Yes. What's the name of it? So, my startup is called Direct Parking. Just for general rule of thumb, I'm not an expert. I am not. <laughs> I'm not a million dollar business holder or anything like that. But I am currently working on my first startup. And just, it's called direct parking. So what we do is um, the problem we're trying to solve is parking on campus. Mm -hmm. So a lot of um, college students struggle finding parking on campus. So with the solution we're coming out with, kind of like Uber for parking. So let's say you see you're leaving class, you go on the app and you put in a request of where you parked and what time you want to be picked up. And I am coming on campus and I have class around the same time. I accept your request. I go pick you up, take you to your car. You pull out. I take your parking spot. So the trade-off oh, is okay. you get a ride to your you get a ride to your car. I get a parking spot just oh, yeah. without searching for one. That, that easy. Oh, that's kind of lit. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Lit. So that's that's the business that that's the world I decided to go into. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what made you want to get into like the uh, obviously there was a problem that you saw right. that you wanted to solve, but what made you think about doing it as a business? I've always loved business. Like, for me, I think the love for business started, like, in high school. So, like, I don't know if, you, if y'all had this in your school where you had people that used to sell, like, chips and candy and all that good Man, stuff. Man, <laughs> if you want to be 100% honest, that was me. <laughs> right, right. right. So, like, my sophomore year of high school, they took out the snack machine. Uh, right, and I was like, yeah. bet, yeah. I'm going to go buy some snacks and sell them hoes. Yeah. Chopping out the book bag, bro. It was crazy. <laughs> so pretty much like okay so that same thing happened with me you know in high school i saw damn this is an opportunity for me to make some bread go to sam's buy a bulk of these sell them for a dollar each return them <laughs> man the, the profit margin was stupid man right, i was like yeah. i built my whole my whole crew of sellers and everything like i racked it up to where i was making like Man, I think at most I was making was $500 a week, bro. Yeah. It was that after paying out all my other, like, sellers and everything. <laughs> it was that steep. And I was just reinvesting that money back into it. So it was just growing. Doing that first was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> yo, like, and I could have, like, I guess you could say you could have taken it to drugs, too. Like, yeah. you know, that's kind of like how you, like, run the drug world. But I was like, nah, there has to be, like, real people that actually run stuff like this. And that's why I started looking into, like, business and like mm -hmm. trying to just money and stuff like that that's what kind of piqued my interest in that world when i got to college I'm, i was you know engineering and i got seeing design and um which is like solving a real world problem yeah and i thought of this idea and i was like you know it was a chance for us to and we could enter like a pitch competition and everything so i was able to like get into that startup world pitch to investors and all that good stuff and be able to just be like okay this is i, I like this like i could see myself doing this so that's kind of how i got my interest into like trying okay. to make this a business so and i saw it was a big enough problem man like every, <laughs> man like yeah. every college student you, i talked to like man i can't even find parking like yeah this so i was like okay there's obviously a market for this but mm -hmm. no one is actually trying to solve this problem and i like niche markets like see people love competition but i try i'm trying to create a monopoly 
I'm trying to be like a yeah, Google, like yeah. a Facebook, like like an Amazon. You know what I mean? So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you got to think of like niche markets that problems haven't been solved yet. And that's kind of where my mind, that's the way my mind kind of works. And that's how I was able to be like, okay, this problem, this is something that I could I could see myself doing. And I, I'm always on the search for like a problem because I want to do the same thing, like right. find a problem, then create the solution and sell it. Sell it, right. You know, the, one of the problems I have with, you know, doing that is half the time I can't even find a, like a real problem that somebody else ain't already solved. That's, you know what I'm okay, here's the, here's the misconcepted, like misconstrued notion about that, right? So like, a lot of people think all the problems have been solved already. But in reality, man, there's so much more problems that you go through on a daily basis <laughs> that you know that, oh, no one has come up with this? I promise you, you <laughs> think someone has come up with it, but in reality, for the most part, no one has actually solved that problem. Yeah. And if you find out, like, there's enough people with this problem, you actually have a market that you can sell to. And I think being the first being the person that, had that that makes the last step and not the first step in the market because people are always going to try and copy your idea or mm. whatnot. But if you make the last step in the market, I feel like you are able to create a, your own business where you kind of like run it. And when I say business, I mean like a million, billion dollar business. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just looking at opportunities when people are like, when you see problems, to me that screams opportunities. When I see People complain about some doing some some to me all that is coming back to me from that when people are complaining to me about stuff is opportunities 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 <laughs> I'm like oh shit this ties into this oh shit this ties into that oh my god there's a gap here that people are not filling like that's how like I feel like it starts with your mindset like you know what I mean that yeah when you start flipping your mindset to look at problems as opportunities you're gonna start seeing that oh shit there's actually a lot of opportunities out here that I haven't even thought about yet. Like, okay. for those who are struggling with trying to come up with an idea, that's what I started doing. Like, I started that after high school. Oh, I started thinking everything. Yeah, every time someone would just complain about something, I'm like, oh, shit, this is an opportunity. Like, I look it up. Someone already came up with it. That's cool. Okay, next one. Ideas just keep running in my mind. Like, you know what I mean? Just because I, I, I switch my mindset that way. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, but once you switch your mindset that way, like to see problems as opportunities, I promise you, bro, you're going to start <laughs> seeing so much more. You'll be like, oh, this is a business idea. Let me see if there's an actual market for this. Like, yeah. that's it. Let me, let me ask this question. Do you think running a business and creating a business is for everybody? I think everybody should. Because, I mean, one, we live in a capitalist, I mean, we're in America, right? Yeah. America is built on capitalism. And essentially, America rewards you for having a business because you're pouring back into your economy, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think of it from just the basics economic perspective, right, if you're contributing to the economy, that's why a lot of people complain about, oh, how come this person doesn't have to pay their taxes? How come this Amazon doesn't have to pay taxes? This doesn't have to pay taxes? Because they're creating millions of jobs, Mm -hmm. They're pouring back into the economy where people don't, like, without them, there will be no jobs. A lot of these jobs would not exist. So I think, for me, I think capitalism is a good system. But a lot of people think they have a negative association yeah. with the business. But if you look at it, like, the value you're adding, like, if you, add in, if you have something, a talent, a gift, or something that can add value to someone else's life, right? Mm -hmm. To me, that's a business, right? And that, that alone is like you're creating opportunity, right? If you think about it from the perspective of, like I said, it's all flipping your mindset. If you look at it from the perspective of, oh, I know how to design shirts. I could make people wear dope-ass shirts and feel fly as hell. 
that boosts their confidence. That's a business right there. Mm-hmm. You can design. You're adding value to make people feel confidence with their outfits. And, you know, they feel fresh. They feel fly. A barber. You know, some of these basic little things that people don't really see, as you could say, adding value, right? That's the way you got to, like, flip it. If you have a talent or a gift, if you figured out what your talent or gift is, why not have a business from it? The benefits the, from living in a capitalistic country is like, <laughs> it doesn't even make sense not to run a business. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think a business is for everybody, but it's about changing your mindset to see how you could make your business. Like I said, it comes back to complaint. I don't like the way this person runs their business. Okay, mm. how would you run your business if you had a business? This is what I do. So, I, okay, that's your start. That's your starting point. Now, find what you want to do that you want to run your business in, and and run it that way. You know what I mean? It's just the mindset. I'm telling you, it's like it's almost that's everything. So, I think you can. Like, I think everybody should have it. I'm I'm a big believer in capitalism of mm-hmm. like having your own business. Like, it's it's a no brainer to me. But you know, everybody's different, so it's okay. And kind of piggyback off something you said earlier. Well, like the way the tax structure is uh, set up, uh, something I ran into, I think, last week, a couple weeks ago, for a person that's making $500,000 a year as an employee, mm-hmm. they get taxed about 46, we can just say 50%. Right. A business that makes a million dollars a year only gets taxed 20%. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you look at it from the government perspective, the business is adding more value as to like, for example, i.e. creating jobs, all these other things, pouring back into the economy in more ways than the individual is working. That's the why I tell people, like, middle class always gets the tax the higher. If you're working and you're making a million dollars from being an employee, you're paying stupid half taxes. Of your, half of your money in I taxes. I mean, <laughs> it don't even make sense. Like, yeah. you should easily just, that alone you should tell you, like, scream at you, like, how can I avoid paying this much taxes? The legal way, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's this is a no-brainer, like, start a business. Like, you know, but you are correct, man. Like, most people don't even know that. That's the crazy <laughs> part. Most people don't know that. Yeah, like, but. taxation laws are way, way more lax. And then with Trump in office, he even made, like, those taxes more lax. Yeah. So a lot of companies are paying, like, like with the big scandal with uh, Amazon, you know, they yeah, pay 0%, 0% for the past, like, year or two or something like right. that. They really playing the system. Like, the system yeah. gave them some rules, and they was like, all right, bet. I'm going to go ahead and flip it this way and be yeah. like, all right. It's, I mean, this is what I don't get, right? And this kind of getting into economics a little bit. Like, people complain about companies not paying taxes. And most people don't even know colleges pay zero taxes. And colleges make the same amount of money big corporations are making on Fortune 500. <laughs> like, there's a lot of things that people lack. People just, like, seek the knowledge just to figure out, like, Okay, what makes like ask the question why rather than just mm-hmm. oh this why does this, like instead of them just complaining about asking why does why doesn't Amazon pay taxes? It's because they're pouring back into the economy. It's all legal. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's yes, people complain. Oh, how can this be legal? Like you know, this is not fair. But I mean, without Amazon, a lot of people won't have jobs. Yeah, and and plus those jobs that they have. They paying taxes on those jobs, the income tax, Social Security, they have to pay for the employees, all these other things that Amazon is already paying for, essentially, in taxes, but not necessarily directly to the government, mm-hmm. right? But it's still contributing to the economy. That's why, I, regardless of what, I'm going to always have a business. No matter where I'm at, what I do, I'm going to for sure always have a business. But now Let me ask you this question. How much money did it take you to start your business? Being that mine is a tech startup, being that it's an app, right? 
right now we're about I say close to twenty k. 20k in because it's me and my, my partner we wanted to bootstrap this later on i'll go down the list of like starting a business from from like things i knew i wish i knew before i started all the way down to like funding and you know business partner and everything we're about 10 10k each so it's two of us and we're both engineers so we both knew we wanted to bootstrap it. We didn't want to raise any funding and we outsourced the development so we didn't we have an app right so apps to get apps developed in the United States could run you 50 to 100K, okay? Mm. That's in the United States. But out, out in other countries like India, uh, Russia, some of these other countries, you could get it built for like 6K, 10K, right? It's, it's so much less. And it's almost the same thing. If you have some tech experience, like you can understand, okay, this is what needs to be happening. This is how I need to run things. And it's more easier to be able to outsource it to those countries rather than you having to um, build it in the States. But most startups, man, it all depends, man. It, yes, it could get expensive. You do need funding and you do need some start. There are lots of books out there that teaches you how to run a business without having the money, like having the upfront capital like that. At any point, did you consider maybe crowdfunding? Yes, we consider crowdfunding. We've been approached by angel investors, and and this is where some people might agree, some people might not agree. Is about equity, so we don't we don't want to give up any, any equity just yet. Um, we want to just kind of like see how far we could get without just ourselves putting our, our own money into it and actually letting that drive us rather than seeking out for investors. I feel like when we get to the point where we want to scale nationwide then we're gonna we're definitely gonna need investors to do that mm -hmm. but for right now for the pretty much we're going into our mvp stage which is minimum viable product we felt like we could bootstrap that ourselves to really show the proof of concept and show that it works so th that's my take on that yeah and just for the people that don't know crowdfunding is essentially getting a crowd just a bunch of people to maybe donate two three dollars to your product so if you get five hundred thousand people to donate two dollars that's a million dollars for your startup right. now granted you also do generally you do promise them something when the prize released or whatever right. or people just sometimes people just will donate to you because they like the idea and they believe in the product that much i know a lot of startups they crowdfund i ran into a board game that's being crowdfunded you know right now and i think they're at like three hundred fifty thousand dollars out of their three hundred thousand dollar goal oh that's you know, <laughs> and if you pay like forty or fifty dollars, and they send you the crowdfunded version of the game, right, right, which right. has like uh some extra cards and just like a little extra Extras, stuff, yeah, yeah, for, you know, incentive, right? Yeah, right, you know right. what I'm saying. We're putting in early. I also have my business, which I just got my LLC. Congrats, yes sir. Appreciate it, appreciate let's whack you know that up, yes sir. Yeah. Six Studios LLC. It's where the podcast will be hosted. It's not not gonna change anything for anybody, but the way my stuff is about to be structured. Now all expenses for my podcast go towards the LLC, yes, and now they're tax deductible, yes. like way more because yeah. <laughs> it's coming out of a business. Right. Shout out to Six Studios LLC. The funny thing about my business on equipment alone, not counting my laptop, I mean my PC, maybe like three hundred dollars. You could find some more expenses. Oh no no no! no, no. Well, <laughs> I have more expenses. Okay, Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. Bare minimum to get this thing going, yeah. Okay, so your startup cost is really low. See, yeah, that's the thing. Like stuff like this, like YouTube, all these other things. Like, your startup costs are, are really low to do mm -hmm. these things. Like, for example, I'm starting a YouTube channel soon. All in, I'm probably like 
$150 in yeah. into everything, right? So it's kind of like for those, you don't see the return on investment just yet. It takes a little longer, but the startup cost is drastically less than trying to solve a problem that is like, right, right like big, right? So like this is what I always tell people first, like when it comes to business, taking that first step is hard, right? Because first, I think a lot of what it has to do with is starting within yourself, like what right. do you like to do? And I know people ask, people say it's a lot. Just do what you're passionate about. But, like, nobody tells you how to kind of really find what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. It's kind of say, well, like, do what you're passionate about. And everybody's kind of like, well, I don't know what that is. So <laughs> this is how I kind of found out what mine kind of is. I always tell people sometimes, like, if you go on your YouTube channel, what's the most channel? Like, what do you subscribe to? What do you watch the most on there, right? Mm-hmm. Or, for example, um, the way I kind of did it was a lot of self-reflection as to, like, okay, what do I get excited about? Like, when I'm talking with my friends, what is it when the topic comes up? This one gets my energy out the roof. Like, I'm I'm sitting here talking so passionate about it. I know so much about it. And people just look at me like, how do you know so much about this? Like, that's how I found, like, okay, I like business. I like personal finance. I like personal development. You know, that's kind of how I was able to find what I was passionate about and kind of try and build from a business perspective of how to come up with the idea. You kind of have to like be like, okay, like I said, switching your mindset, looking at problems as opportunities, one, and then also start thinking of like things that you do, like what talents do you have? What gifts do you have that you could do to add value to other people's lives? You could start it as a business. Like for example, your podcast here, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. This is a way for you to, you know, get the message out, help people grow. Right. And you making a business out of it now. That's an example. Like It takes a little bit of time to find. Some people find it sooner than others. But once you find it, man, you got to act on it. That's what I feel like what really causes a lot of people not to do a lot of deep analysis of themselves is because they're, first to take, they're scared to take that first step. Most people already know what it is. It's just that first step that is like, oh, man, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know where to go about this. Like I've been there, trust me. So I mm-hmm. know like I was sitting there like, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know where to go about this. I've never done this before. Like, is this something like, <laughs> like what? Like, actually, I had to go, like, do stuff. Like, I actually have to be, like, productive or, like, not even just be productive. I have to be, like, knowledgeable about this. Like, yeah. I thought I had to know it all before I started. But no, you just start, man. Like, once you start, you learn. It. Like, even up till today, I'm learning. I'm still learning as I'm going, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, that's what I appreciate about my podcast. It started out as an idea. I said, just think of myself. Think I'm going to do a podcast. Think I'm going right, to do a podcast. Right. And then I had a homie who, he's a producer. Yeah. So he got, like, a whole, like, recording studio yeah. set up in his house. I was like, hey, bro, I think I want to do a podcast. You mind if I, you know, use your equipment or whatever? He was like, sure, go ahead. You know what I'm saying? So then I got some people together, recorded my first three episodes yeah. out of his house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And, you know, shout out to Lance, the one who made the beat. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he helped me get started. But that's another thing, you know, if you have if you have an idea or a passion or just something random that you think that you want to do. Because at the time, I didn't have, like, a mic and an audio box sitting around my house, you know. (laughs) But, you know, I had a friend who did. So finding people who have the resources. Right. You know, if you just want to try, just like, hey, you know, let me try, you know, do this, that, and the third, right. and see how you like it. Yeah. And, you know, that don't that don't cost anything yourself time out your day. Exactly, bro. That's it. That's you it. know what I'm saying. Like you, you spend two, three hours. Like, man, I mean, that was cool, but yeah. I don't know if I could keep doing it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because like with this podcasting thing, I had to learn how to edit audio. Yeah, there's a lot of things, mistakes <laughs> that people don't hear, except for that one time. Uh, <laughs> 
So I had to learn how to edit audio, you know, play with games, right. you know, um, I had to do the, uh, had the intro fade in and out and all right. that good stuff. And it was just stuff I learned afterwards. afterwards. It wasn't yeah. like, I didn't know how to do any of this going into right, it. Right, right. And so, you didn't let that stop you. Yeah, you know, you can't let lack of knowledge stop you. Like, right. There is some things you need to do yes, or sir. you need to know before yes, you start sir. doing yes, it. Yes, sir. But don't be afraid like, oh, I don't know everything about it. Like, right. you're going to learn it as you go. As you go. Right? It's, it's not like, don't be scared to start off bad, I guess, or start off small, I guess you could say. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's the number one thing with businesses. Like, you... You have to know that you, you're going to fail. Right, right. Like, there's going to be a failure somewhere. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and so it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's how you attack it. Yeah, yeah how you, you handle, handle it. Like, right, right. That's one of my things, too. Like, I, I'm a big believer in failing, bro. Because I learned. <laughs> no, it's crazy. I know it sounds crazy. Most people are probably like, what? But honestly, man, you learn. Like, I don't know if you ever noticed, but you grow and learn the most in uncomfortable and bad oh, situations definitely, definitely. like you know what i mean if you failed or something like think about all these big businesses bro like for example jeff bezos you know mark zuckerberg they failed in other businesses you ain't hear about it no <laughs> you're not gonna hear about it because you only hear about the success but trust me like they failed and they learned and then that's how they were able to like pivot and be able to create something that's bigger right because there were it's how you handle the failure it's not necessarily like some people would be like oh i failed i quit like you know, I only have 10 subscribers. Boo, this sucks. Like, I'm out. Yeah. Like, for example, like a guy like Gary Vee, bro. Gary Vee, I've been listening for, like, the longest. Like, he been posting videos since, oh, wait, like, back way back <laughs> when, bro. Like, I'm talking about, like, back, back when. No, like, before people even knew what YouTube and shit was, like, any of that. Now he's like, oh, everybody's like, oh, Gary Vee, Gary Vee. I know Gary. But he was, like you said, consistency. Like, that's what I've realized is one of the biggest impacts in things, right? If you're consistent, right? If you fail, right? You learn from your failures, you create something new, you go and do it again, try again, you're going to know if you consistently do it, you're going to get good at it. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden, you're going to create something bigger than what you think you, you than what you thought you had. Like, that alone is a is a whole different topic. <laughs> that's, <Yeah. laughs> that's a whole different topic. But yeah, I, I agree with you, man. It's, it's, it's very important, man. Yeah. I love consistency. That was, uh, one of the biggest things I had to learn is just be consistent. Like always like just keep pushing, right. you know, a quote that, that, that stuck with me a lot is, you know, people always afraid of failure yeah. and you know, you have your failure and then you like, you might check out your IG and you see like, Oh, this person just got like 300,000 oh, subscribers yeah. or whatever. But the thing that stuck with me is stop comparing your bloopers to other people's highlight reels. Bro, that's bro, that's mad real. Yes, because like on Instagram, I'm only gonna show you the good stuff. You're right. You know, I might show you the bad stuff that just make me seem more human. Man. But I'm only showing you the good stuff for real, for real. You know, my pastor just talked about this. <laughs> no, 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 it's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy. No, it's real life stuff. So he was like, a lot of the times we do a lot of comparison, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, I met this one woman on a plane, man. This woman changed my life, bro. She was a life coach, right? So I used to struggle with that. Like, I struggled with that heavily, bro. Like, I'm 23 years old, right? And I'm like, man, I'm at this stage of my I should really be here. Because I know some people that are really successful, mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, man, I'm doing nothing with my life. Like, you know, I'm constantly comparing myself, even to people like Elon Musk. Like, some of these other people I look up to, like, I'm like, man, at 23, Elon was doing this. At 23, this was this. This was where he was at and all this stuff. And I was comparing myself to them. But everybody has a different path in life. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a different journey. And I'm thinking my journey and my path is going to be the same as the people I, I'm looking up to, right? 
But this woman on the plane, man, she was a life coach. And this is what I realized. I really like this stuff. She was like, aspire above. She was like, aspire to the people who you looking up to. Like, she was like, don't compare above, aspire above, compare below, right? So what she means is that, like, to the people you look up to, aspire to be like them. But don't compare yourself to them, right? Use them as a source of motivation, right? Because the people we look up to already have characteristics of what we have. They just act in a, on it on a grand level, and mm-hmm. they just on a different level than us, right? We should just aspire to be like them. Right. But don't compare yourself to be like them. Right. So like to me, it was like, damn. And then being being a competition with yourself. Right. Be the better version of yourself than you were yesterday. That's one of the biggest yeah. things I, I realized that I should really just be competing with myself. As far as that comparison, I should compare it to who I was yesterday. Was I better today? And one of my boys out there. Uh, he has a, a YouTube channel, a fitness YouTube channel. Russ Swole, his brand is Get Better Today. As simple as that is and as simple as that sounds is, bro, you should improve to get better every day. Don't compare to, like, the people who are already up there. Aspire to be like them, but compare within to be like, okay, today I'm going to be better than I was yesterday. That's it, man. Yeah. Like, I agree with you, though, man. It's And that's the thing with social media is kind of created is that comparison perspective in life like everybody feels like oh just because this person is showing you what they want you to see right you're sitting here like damn i should be there i should be doing this i should be at that level like you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. what you mean and you start comparing and you start getting into this dark like unmotivated very very unappreciative of the life you have or the blessings you have in front of you Right. right opportunities that you have in front of you and you're missing it because you're comparing yourself to someone else who does not who you don't even have anything close to the same <laughs> path they had like you know what i mean yeah. like once i got it bro i was like wow man that's <laughs> <laughs> that's some really powerful <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah no that's that's 100 true i come from like a small town like in right. backwoods alabama right you know there was 250 people in my high school wow when I graduated in 69 in my graduating class. Dang. Right? <laughs> so, you know, you got other people who come from schools where 250 is half of the, the class that's, they yeah, graduated that's, that's with. Half my, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so with that, you're able to network more and you got more ideas bouncing mm-hmm. around and stuff. So, like, and I'm not saying it as an excuse for me no, or anything. No, yeah. like, But it's it's one of those things, like, you as you go through life, you meet people from all different backgrounds and those backgrounds shape their decisions. And, right. yeah, you might take a little bit, a little bit more time to – get where you want to be but just because you take more time don't make your success any less valuable yes sir i 100 you know agree with that man your experiences make you who you are today don't let that change true, you true, like true. let learn from them like it all boils down to the mindset man how you feel how, how you view your experiences you know what i mean it could be a blessing for you you know how to network you know how to connect now like because you were you've done it on that scale like most people in a when you go to a big school like that you tend to only stay within a very niche group of friends mm-hmm. and you don't really like broaden yourself out there so you don't really know how to like really market yourself out there like that but you were able to learn that skill while you were in high school you might not know it's a skill you might not know you know skill. it's funny like <laughs> you started saying that and then like i started thinking about like dang like i did have that niche group of friends right. but i knew everybody in my school right, you know what right. i'm saying like we all know about each other and then when i went to college a similar thing happened where I have, like, a niche group, but I can like reach out to so many somebody. people at one time right. and just be like, at my school, I pretty much knew 85 to 90% of the black people at my school. Right. Went to Arby University. Yeah, right. It ain't too many of us. <laughs> <Right. laughs> but I knew, like, 85 to 90% of them just, like, off 
like when I first got there, I would like introduce myself to people, and then right. like I see somebody I didn't know, I go talk to them, and it was just like a thing where, it's like I just started networking right. more. See, that's a skill, man. See, that's you learned that you <laughs> learned that at a very young age, and you didn't, it carried on throughout your whole life. But you see, most people don't know that's a skill. That alone is a skill. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's good though, man. It's a good thing. Like I said, that experience alone. See how that trickled down, domino effect in the other aspects of your yeah, life, right? Yeah, that's crazy, so, man. Look at it. Perspective. Perspective. <laughs> perspective. Okay, okay. That's the word of the day, perspective. perspective. <laughs> 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 All right, man. Uh, did you want to do any introduction or anything? This is your time for shameless plugs, all that good stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it is, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it do. What it do, baby. People go to bike and say, I can fool. Right? <laughs> no, but um, follow me on Instagram, Alabi the Great, A L A B I the Great, T H E G R E A T. Uh, I had to make sure I spelled that correctly. <laughs> Loki struggling. <laughs> also, same thing on Twitter. Follow me there. Um, I post weekly tips on there on topics of personal development, personal finance, and entrepreneurship. YouTube channel coming soon. Yes, sir. Word. Look out for that too. But appreciate the plug in, man. No problem, man, no problem, man. So you brought your your tips. We're starting a business, and uh, go ahead. You want to go ahead and yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna make my way down the list of things I wish I knew before I started, or things I wish if I could go back I'd do differently. First is know what you want to do, which we kind of touched the we kind of touched on this a little bit on kind of figuring out what you're passionate about and touching on that and being like, okay, how do I go about trying to figure out one figure out what you're interested in right and that's kind of like knowing where you get excited at in conversations or you know what topics interest you these are how you kind of find what your interests are and what your passions are and that's the first step right because then that gives you an idea because you don't want to get into a business or start a business and something you're not passionate about you don't care for and you lose motivation you're not motivated about it and it just feels like another work right because you're trying to avoid doing something you don't like. So that's that's the first tip I would say is like figuring out something you like and you don't mind doing that you don't that doesn't feel like work to you. You know, mm-hmm. something that you you could do it all day and be like, oh, shit, like, yeah, like, you know, I, it, this much time has gone by. I ain't even noticed. Like, <laughs> it could like, be anything. Six hours? Damn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like who would have thought this day and age gaming would be a. Well, you could make money off of gaming. Bruh. Come on, bro. It's 2019. You can make money off of anything, man. The internet made it so easy to make money off of anything. So whatever your idea is, man, don't let it discourage you like, oh, like no one does this. No one knows. Like, you know, we, we have the internet now. So don't let that don't let that bother you. Next is do your research, knowing who your competitors are, who your direct competitors are, who your indirect competitors are, being able to understand, okay, who is going to be my target audience? Who am I going to be targeting? Who else has this this problem? And that's kind of like what I mean by doing your research. How much research is enough research? Ooh, that's a good question. The way I figure out is, so for example, my I'll use me for example, because that's the only way I can relate. For my business, we're kind of creating a new industry i guess you could say mm-hmm. it's not there's nobody in this industry right so like i said i like niche industries that no one is really touched right we have some indirect competitors that are proposing different solutions right so what you want to do is first start on the broad market like okay i want to have an online product right mm-hmm. you want to sell online products for example or for example me i want to go into an app space i gotta learn about the app industry 
right? That's one of the broad, that's overview of what my company is essentially, right? We're app industry. Then from there, study the app industry, study your industries, know the top dogs in your industry of like, let's say the app industry, knowing how to, you know, just the basics, right? Of your industry from a overall perspective before you go down into the more a specific industry you're in, right? So for example, mine is an app. I learned about the app industry, studied that. Next, I go into, okay, what essentially we're doing, we're a service industry at the same time. So we're app as a service, okay? So I studied the service industry within apps, right? Apps that provide services like Uber, Lyft, and some of these other apps that are like a service kind of industry, but they use apps, they use software, right? I guess you could say it's not really a SaaS, which is SaaS means software as a service. Okay. It's not necessarily a SaaS business, but the metrics I need to track and stuff follows a SaaS model. It's just there's no fixed price on it, right? So the way we're okay. trying to generate revenue is just through ads on the first because the app is going to be free, right? Also understanding, like, researching how you want to structure your the way you want to make money, right? Like I said, that's why I said look at competitors. What are competitors doing? Like, do they charge? Um, Is it a freemium model? So when I say freemium model, that means your product is free, but then you have upcharges in there, right? So, for example, us, we our app is free. It's going to be free. Right, but we have ads in there that we're gonna be at least trying to generate some kind of change of revenue in there. But it's a minimum viable product, so that's not our main focus. Our main focus is to solve the problem. But then you also have to look at what business model do you wanna go with, right? Do you wanna how do you wanna monetize, which means make money from your business, right? That's you have to do that research also. And then just, you know, study about your industry. Like, who is the best target market for what you're proposing, for the solution you're proposing, for the product you're selling? Like, who do you want to target? Because you don't want to just try and target everybody, right? That's mm-hmm. the, you, you need to control your, your target audience and dominate that target audience first, and then you could broaden your, your, your perspective on things. For example, Amazon started with just selling books, Right, it was just an mm-hmm. online bookstore essentially. They were just started delivering books, but the name alone should tell you his vision. <laughs> his vision for Amazon was just was not to stop at books, because if you think of the Amazon forest, right, it's the world biggest forest. It's the world largest rainforest, right? Yeah. He chose that name for a reason, because he wanted to be the world biggest online product store. Right, so he just started off dominating the book industry, right? Mm-hmm. And he started getting lawsuits from like Barnes and Nobles, and like, oh, this guy's not a bookstore, this guy's not, you know. But once he dominated that, he knew he had to grow still, right? He had one or two ways to grow: get more people to read books, or different products. Different products, <laughs> exactly. So you know, he went with different products, and Amazon it is what it is today. You want to dominate your niche group of where you feel like you can target. This audience group, I could target this market. This is who I want to dominate first and then go from there. That's where I'll say your research, for the most part, I'll be like, okay, I have enough, right? The next step is something also where I feel like would help with research is create like a landing page. So, for example, let's say you buy ad on Google or Facebook ad really quickly just to test. This is before you even put thousands of dollars into your idea. You want to get unbiased opinion about your product that you're creating or the idea that you have, right? This might be a little expensive in the upfront cost, but it's cheaper than you putting the thousands of dollars into the idea and realizing it's a flop, right? So what I mean is like, you post an ad on Google, for example, you wanna, do you wanna find parking on, for example, my part, you wanna find parking on campus, click on this page, or click on this ad. See how many people click on it? Because when you create these ads, you could really tar- narrow down who you want them to target, right? 
Mm-hmm. And they will pop those ads to those targeted people. And see how many people click on it. When they click on the, on the ad, take them to a different page that has a say, that says, hey, we'll be launching soon. Put your email here if you want to be the first one of the first to get the product or get this, right? That's a way to test the market unbiased. Because when you ask your family and friends, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. You yeah. know, but they're just trying to really support. But, you know, sometimes your idea might is <laughs> <laughs> it's not good, bro. <laughs> like, it's, it's really not. Like, for example, one of the first ideas we had to propose a solution to this problem, we had pitched it to an investor, and the guy was, man, he was like, that's a stupid idea. <laughs> like, off the rip was like, that makes no damn sense. Like, you know, you could be really hurt about it. Like, you could see it one of two ways. Like I said, perspective. You could be like, oh, what makes this not a good idea? Blah, blah, blah. Understand the perspective of where he's seeing, where he's coming from. Like, but man, oh, forget that yeah. guy. Like, you don't matter anyway. Whatever. You just don't mm. see the vision. Sometimes it's true, but at the same time, if enough people are telling you, this is a good enough product. You got something, right? Yeah. Can't always listen to the haters. Right. It can't always. Can't. Just learn why they hating. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just learn why they hating. That's it. That alone would give you a really good unbiased opinion. Okay. Next is now you can start with creating your business plan. Some people don't like business plans, right? Yeah, not so. Some people do. Investors don't really care for business plans anymore. Essentially, they do after they've invested. Essentially, they care about the numbers, what you're doing. If they could see a profitable like future within your company, they'll be like, okay, it's worth investing in. And your numbers are looking good and solid. And it's true, right? But for the most part, I feel like a business plan is really good internally, right? What is your vision? And it's kind of like creating. So in a business plan, these are kind of like the basics of what, what you should have. What is your business? What is your business about, right? Who's your target market? Some of the other things like who's your target market? How will you reach your target market, right? What are the things which is essentially falls into marketing? The startup cost, break-even analysis, okay? So some of the things that I'm saying, so for example, startup cost. How much is it going to cost you to start up this idea, right? What is it going to cost you to start this idea? And from that point, you could figure out your break-even. How much do I need to make to break even? So if something costs you $10,000 to start up, your break even is you need to make $10,000 from it. For example, mm-hmm. my business, we're about $20,000 in. Right, we need to make twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> I mean, but we don't essentially like ours is a little different because we are creating an MVP. Once we realize that this MVP worked, we're proving that this solution actually fixes the problem. It's not going to be hard for us to go raise money and be like, okay, we want to scale now. Like, you know what I mean? We want to mm-hmm. scale across the United States. Investors would be like, okay, where have you done? Like, what makes you think it's a value? They will ask you all these questions. And you'll be like, yeah, this is why, blah, blah, blah. We, we launched our MVP. This is the success we had. This is, this is the feedback we got. This is this and that. This is our financial projections. This is the financial model we, we're proposing that we're going to do. And all these other things. It's going to make sense. They're going to be like, oh, okay, yeah. What evaluation are you evaluating your company at? Oh, okay, cool. But some people try and go raise money. Nowadays, everybody's just raising money. It's almost <laughs> so easy to raise money. Like someone just told me, like, "Oh yeah, my company's worth three hundred sixty thousand dollars now." Yeah, because I raised like one hundred sixty k, and like a solid evaluation. And I'm like, "Oh well, good for you." <laughs> but you know, sometimes you don't need that much. That's the thing. Like you have to pay them back. So you, <laughs> yeah, you damn well make sure like you got your shit together. Cause that's the thing. Like you don't just want to have. You know, it's people's money. When you're getting into money, it's it's a whole different ball game. You know, and you playing when you start talking to to big boys, it's like you know, you gotta come prepared and serious and know your shit. 
Now, because when they start drilling you, you don't want to feel like, oh, my God, I'm not even prepared. Like, I don't even think I know. Like, and all of a sudden, you feel discouraged. Like, that's my thing. When you look at the startup costs, your break-even analysis, and then how much you need to sell for that first month or that first year, and then kind of, like, projecting out. Like, okay, let me figure out how I need to project out my finances. So project out. When I say financial projections, how much you're going to start with the first year all the way to three years. Some people like to do five years, right? Like to do financial projections on five years. Some investors like seeing three years, five years, depending on the growth model and how much you're growing year over year, right? So it all depends on all of that. We, the way we did ours is we did ours for like the next five years, which is just a model. We could only model, okay, if we're growing 10% year over year. It's like, okay, this is how much we're going to be making by this by this year. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? We're going, most software companies grow like, Roughly about eighty percent year over year, right? So you said eighty? Yeah, eighty oh. percent. Um you could be like, Okay, like, oh, this is how I feel. Good ones. Correct. <laughs> Good ones. It's pretty high because it's you could grow faster also with more money you have. So more backing, more funding, you can scale faster. That helps also. That's why a lot of people raise money when you get to that point. I, I just feel like we're not at the point yet where we need to raise money, right? We don't mm-hmm. need to raise money. I mean we can, but mm-hmm. Do we need to? Uh, yeah, we can hold off on it. But <laughs> that's my thing on, on the business plan. And if you don't know, you can't find out, call your competitors. Man, the competitors are willing to give you all the answers. So there's this guy um on Instagram I was looking. This is be Donnell. I, I think his name is uh, Donnell. Yeah, yeah. So he was talking about this the other day, which is oh, I 100% agree. And he was like, before he created his tax business, he walked into H&R Block and he was like, oh, I want to get my taxes done. And he was just talking to the guy. I was like, how do you guys do the taxes? You guys have an in-house system? It's like, yeah, we have an in-house system that we train. You know, they train us. Well, I was like, oh, okay. And he was just taking notes, learning from his competitors how he wants to build his tax business, right? Mm-hmm. How their model really works, right? Because they have a proven model that works. Yeah. Let me go learn about the model that works and just create my own. That's essentially what he did and create his own black owned tax business. You can learn from you can learn a lot from your competitors also. So if you don't know, figure out from your competitors. That's a that's a good place to start. Next is financing or funding. Depending on what your idea is and what you're doing, it's easier just to go raise money. Once you've done all of this sometimes you could go raise money because if you really do a solid job with this, you don't need an MVP or you don't need like a, well, a minimum viable product or anything. You could just go, you could start with family and friends. I have a friend that runs a clothing line um, mm-hmm. for the low. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, he started with his with friends. Like he was like, yo, I have this idea. I want to pursue this idea. I mean, he's a very, very successful clothing line now. And he started with his friends and he was like, hey, you know, that's how he got his funding. There are ways for you to get funding. They, not having money is not a good enough excuse anymore. It's, if you say, I don't have any money to start this business, like I said, create all of this, seek out investors, crowdfunding. There's a bunch of other things you could do. Even with some people, they don't want to take that route. Like, I know a couple of people, they just save their money. You know what I'm saying? Right, so, right. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, clothing. I got my own clothing brand, quote, unquote. Right now, it's called Your Girl's Favorite Hoodies. Yeah, well, hustling. <laughs> well, the brand is Your Girl's Favorite. Okay. And right now, I have Your Girl's Favorite Hoodies. Oh. I bought the hoodies, got them printed. You know, it's hoodie season, you know. Yeah, I'm about to be. up. They about to be selling. I hope they sell the hotcakes. <laughs> they going to sell the hotcakes. Got to believe me, so. Yeah, you got to believe. <laughs> Market right, too. <laughs> 
that too. So I spent maybe yeah about six hundred dollars getting you know a couple of test pieces ready. Right. Like I actually bought like five different hoodies because right. the idea behind your girl's favorite hoodie is it's a really soft hoodie. She's gonna steal from you. <laughs> she was gonna steal it regardless. <laughs> regardless, right? You might as well like have us steal that. Would it be like, all right, that's your hoodie. Right, and right. I can have mine. <laughs> it's little things like that. It's like you know. You can kind of, whatever you want to do, you can try and, like, understand the minimum you need. Like, right. like yeah, my podcast, 200. YGF, 500. So, right. like, if you look at different things, you know, yes, two to $500 can be hard to come by right. for any given person. But sometimes that just means you just need to cut certain things out, you know, out. In your life, right. You know, right. like, maybe right. you don't need to go to Starbucks personal, every day. Personal finance. <laughs> you cut you know that point down. It's funny when you look at it. A lot of people look at you know, cutting small expenses. Right. So if you if you could save five, six dollars a week, right, that turns into two hundred and fifty dollars in a year. Right. And then five hundred dollars in two years. Right. And some people look at that as like, oh, that's too long to save up money. Right, right. But it's funny that those same people or some of the same people who with a business, you know what I'm saying? It's a full five year for your business to get out the ground for for it's like actually profitable and livable. Right. right. Well maybe just profitable. And some people are like, oh, that's too long. Right. But at the same time, you have people who, instead of creating their business, they go work for somebody for 40, 45 right. years <laughs> and then retire. <laughs> but that's right. not too long. Right. I it, mean, it is what it is. It, like I said, it all depends on what you find important. Like, everybody has a different path and everybody's comfortable with different things. Some people are comfortable in being just fine with working 40, 45 years and then retire. That's true. Some people are not. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> but, it, but it all boils down like, you know, like you were saying, like personal finance. And so, for example, that's what I did with my business. So I saved up for my startup. Like I knew I was going to straight coming out of college. I was like, okay, I'm going to pursue this idea as a startup. Like, and I told my friend and, you know, he was like, yeah, I'm with you on this. You know, that's like my brother, man. So he was like, yeah, man, we, I feel like we, we got something here. I believe in this. And, you know, we hit. The, we knew, like, because he graduated before me. I mean, he was saving, too. I was in college, and I was saving. I was saving. When I started working, got my signing bonus, got all these things, bam, straight into the business, straight into creating and starting. I no, mm. wasted no time. It was a no-brainer, right? Because, mm. you know, that's something I believe in. I'm willing to risk that, right? Some people are very, like, you got to know your risk tolerance, too. But at the same time, I was like, I'm this young. Why not? Like, if I don't do it now, you don't want to live. My biggest thing is not living with regret, man. Yeah. Like, imagine regretting, like, like, oh, I wish I did this when I was like, I talked to a lot of old cats, right? And they be like, <laughs> yeah, I, they give you knowledge. I'm just a tip out there. You want to get <laughs> good knowledge, talk to older people. They drop knowledge. Ask them the right questions, just get them talking. They drop a lot of knowledge. They be like, oh, yeah, I had the idea for Amazon. Yeah, I had the idea for Facebook, too, like way back when. Mm-hmm. I wish I acted on it. And, you know, that'd be, like, their biggest, and they're serious. They really did have that idea. And they never, and I was like, okay, what other ideas did you come up with that you acted on? Like, oh, no, I didn't didn't really do anything else. Like, I'm like, but you had all these ideas, man. (laughs) Like, they just stopped flowing or what? Like, what happened is like, oh, well, the idea got taken, so I thought that was it. I was like, no, but, you know, it's just kind of like that mindset of they regret not, oh, at least trying to pursue it or trying to figure out the world of business. A lot of 40, 45-year-olds right now that have businesses, man, when I ask them, like, you know, if you could tell your 20-year-old self, like, something you wish you knew now, it's like 90% of them is like, I wish I started sooner. They were like, if I knew it wasn't this hard, I wish I had started sooner. Because they realized when they got to that age, 
it was like, man, I need to have a business. Like, you know, it was like, it was like, damn, I need to have a business. Like, they realized, especially if you, I feel like we're young and we're kind of successful. We, mm-hmm. we're, in a, we're in a decent spot, right? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we're only going to go up from here, essentially, right? You're going to move up levels at your job. You're going to make more money. You're just going to pay more in taxes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we're still going to be in the middle class, so don't get that wrong, <laughs> which is the highest tax bracket. And you're just going to keep getting taxed, keep getting taxed. But at the same time, it's like this is a way for you to try and find a way to avert the taxes. You know, mm-hmm. just kind of, uh, yeah. like, not today, IRS. <laughs> and that, and you kind of mentioned something that I think stops a lot of people is that risk. Right, right. One of the, one of my favorite people to listen to is a guy by the name Jasper Singh with Oh, I uh, love Jasper Minority Singh. Mindset. Yeah, 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 Jasper Singh, yeah. He talked about he's he mentioned a lot of stuff, but yeah. I don't know if I picked it up from him or just somewhere else. But, you know, people are afraid of their risk. And, you know, back earlier we said, you know, there's going to be failure. Your entire business could fail. No, bad. No, mine could fail. And, you know, <laughs> but the thing is, and you said it before, a lot of people that are successful now like Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg had four or five other businesses that all failed right. before Facebook came up, before right. Amazon came right. up. So you got to understand your first business probably will fail because yeah. you're learning the business industry. And so that's OK. Yeah, right. Get that next idea and run, run it. You know it, what right. I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. you you got to keep moving, keep pushing If There's a there's an old like samurai proverb where it's like when you go into battle. If you think about losing, you'll lose. Oh, yeah. It's like burn all the ships. Or like there's one that sends you the art of war. Yeah. Uh, he was like, if you, you know, if you really want to win, you burn all the ships. Like when you land in the enemy's territory, like when your back is against the wall and you really putting like you're all into something like, like I said, flip that and yet that be a source of motivation. Be like, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> like this is it. Like, yeah. <laughs> and if it does fail, man, learn and be like, OK, I'm going to pick it back up and I'm going to go do this shit again. I think there's this notion of like. Oh, because I, and here's the thing, because, <laughs> man, I, I get a little, like, like you know, like. Heartbroken? I, yeah, like, because it's like, people people think failure is such a bad, like, don't get me wrong, like, in the heart, I failed at so many things before. Like, for example, I failed my first class in college, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, like, general chemistry or something like that, right? This is giving a random example. And, man, that feeling sucked. Like, yeah. but it was really my fault. I was in class sleeping every day. I wasn't really going to class. I was like, I took responsibility first. And I was like, okay. I was the one that caused myself to fail in that class. Even though the way I failed kind of sucked because I needed 100 on the final. I got a 98. Ooh. But she didn't pass me still. Yikes. It's okay because she knew I came to class sleeping every day. And it's a blessing that she did that. She was like, no, I'm not going to pass you. Even though it's 0.5 points. She was like, even though it's 0.5 points, <laughs> I'm not going to pass you. She was like, you're going to fail this course. And it was a D, really. It wasn't really because it counted towards my major. So it didn't really, it doesn't count if you get a mm, D in it. need at least, you a need C. At least a C. So I was so bummed, man. I was like, I never want to feel this feeling again. And I used that as a source of motivation. Man, when I tell you, I did not fail a single class after that, man, because I flipped that feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is a motivation. Like, same thing with it, like business, right? It fails. Okay, why did it fail? Analyze it. So when you go back and you launch again, you're smarter. You're better. You've learned so much. It's so much easier to do it now. You're like, okay, this is the steps I got to do. This is the steps I did before. This is how I got to do it now. This is why I do differently. This is why I'm sharing this so when people do go launch their business and they want to go take the first step, they could do all of this first and be like, okay, I got something here. 
I'm glad I listened to that podcast episode that pushed <laughs> me to go do this. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? These are things I wish more people talked about and more people are doing. Like, I mean, the benefits, like I said, is it, it's unheard. So the next thing I really want to talk about, though, is business partner. Mm-hmm. So I was blessed to have my business partner, which I consider my brother. Like, business partnership is like marriage, man. I honestly, like... <laughs> hey, it's both, both are contractual, so... Yeah, no, no, it, no, it's legit. It's it's like a marriage, man. And this is why, I, don't just pick any random business partner. Like, and a lot of investors nowadays, they're trying like, to see, like, okay, how is the founder's relationship? Like, if you have multiple founders, like co-founder, like, how are you guys' relationship? How did you meet? You know, what makes you guys so... What's your strengths? What's your weaknesses? How do you guys, you know, work it out? Like, these are things that are very important because... I trust my business partner, man. Christian, shout out to you, bro. That's my brother, man. Like, I trust him. Like, when I say I trust him, that's family. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's kind of like you want to make sure you're getting in bed with someone you really know. Like, sometimes you can develop that relationship over time. Like, when you meet someone, you be like, okay, there's someone I can work with and blah, blah, blah. Like, me and my partner, we've known each other for like five years now. Sophomore year of college, we're same major, same classes. That's my boy. He was, I believe in the idea, you know, he's, and I was blessed to find someone that like, you know, rolled that hard. Like, I guess that fucks with me that hard, especially from also a business perspective, because it's rare. Like, you hear horror stories about people who who chose the wrong business partner and then they're like thousands and thousands of dollars in debt and all these other things because the business partner ran off or it's just you want to be careful with that if you're going to go with a partner, which take your time building that relationship. Take your time getting to really know that person and really seeing where their heart and their head is at. That's not one I would rush. Like, that's one I really take my time with because, like I said, it's like a, it's pretty much a marriage, man. Like, his girlfriend <laughs> be like, is that your boyfriend calling you? Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I live in Florida. He, our startup is in Texas, but we're always talking. Like, I mean... It's constant communication, mm-hmm. constant talking. So at that point, it's kind of like, it's really a man. <laughs> like I'm telling you, it's, it's going to feel like it's more than just a partnership or just a business partner. Like, no, it's going to be like a family. Like, uh, it's going to be like a marriage, pretty much. It's not, they're not lying when they say a business partnership is like a marriage. Like, mm. it's facts. Before we leave, before we head out, is there any last comments? you want to tell them people if they didn't hear anything else today and they only heard this what would you tell them everything starts from within you have to start internally you have to do some deep analysis about yourself about who you are find out who you are your perspective shapes your reality first figure out how you currently are and what you need to do in order to change your perspective to make your reality better Mm. that's one of the biggest things i'll say everything starts with your mindset that's what I did. I figured out how to change my mindset first, and it just trickled down in all of the aspects of my life. Change your mindset. Your mindset is everything. One thing is just view problems as opportunities, man. You know, one of my favorite person that I look up to is Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins really has a good heart, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, don't think it's life happening to you. Think of life happening for you. And then with hey. that being said, I'm going to close that out there. <laughs> hey, that's that's a great way to close it. Well, that has been another episode of the Six and Friends podcast. If you don't already, follow Six and Friends pod on IG. That's the number six, IX and Friends pod. If you have any questions or topics or ideas, 
do not be afraid to dm me i will respond if i can if it's a good enough topic for me to use i will make sure i shout you out when i use it so six and friends pod faithful appreciate you coming we out yes sir